Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will smart food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three stakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio, and it is our pre-draft edition. And we have a uh, jam-packed show for you today. Um, I had to beat the guests off with a stick. I guess I don't want to beat anyone off. Um, <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're 12 seconds in. If you can't already tell... My name is Bill Matz, and I'm your director of fun and games for the evening, and uh, it's just me and Hinkle. Yeah, one of those. <laughs> Charlie is knee-deep in poutine up in Montreal, <laughs> and uh, Steph is, uh, she's atlanta Inc. Yeah, and doesn't feel well, so yeah. thoughts and prayers to Steph Driver. <laughs> so it's, uh, yeah, it's the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. What's up today, Kelly? Uh, so just apologies in advance if you hear weird noises while I'm talking. My upstairs neighbor is just the worst human being on the planet. <laughs> and sometimes he likes to have band practice in the middle of the afternoon and play his shitty music very loudly. So please don't um, yell at me. Is <laughs> it not good? In the background. No, it's not good. Watch it be like they're going to be a hit and then we're going to get flagged for trademark infringement because it's, in <laughs> it's in the back of our podcast. I, you know what? I hope it happens because one assumes he will no longer be wanting to rent the 400 square foot studio apartment above me if he is rich and famous. So come on, buddy. Make Tremendous. <laughs> Tremendous. So uh, we're kind of just sitting waiting for this fifth overall pick. Uh, we are two days away. We're recording today on Tuesday, July 5th. Happy Independence Day. Happy Canada Day. Uh, to everyone uh, from the previous week, uh, we're just waiting on this fifth pick. We had a we talked about it a bit last week, and we'll get into it more. But I guess we have to start with the newsworthiest stuff uh, we have, and I guess that's Ivan Fedotov. Um, is this the most ridiculous shit you've ever heard? I I almost can't believe it's happening. Like it's it's like the plot of like a bad movie like Like, it's it's almost funny but it's someone's human life and this is a real story so it's not like it's horrible it's just that like these are like 
powerful grown men who are pissed off that a goaltender's leaving a hockey team and they feel that the appropriate punishment for this is literally going to like an Arctic naval the base. Arctic circle. <laughs> like that's And the, being forced into military conscription. It's, it, like it's almost like you could play it off in a certain well, mm. you know, he's you know, he, uh, everyone there has to serve. He's ducking military, and then they then they send him to the Arctic, uh, not like regular rushes, like anything easy or cool, but like no, it's, it's all pretty. Bad. It's pretty obvious. Like, oh yeah, and you got to go up to the fucking North Pole, bro. And like they kidnapped him. Like they yeah. waited outside places to find him. They kidnapped him. They gave him some kind of injection that put him in the hospital. Yeah, and then they sent him to the Arctic Circle, and it's like. I understand that there's nothing that can be done, which is kind of the most, like, frustrating and and sort of heartbreaking thing about this, because honestly, this could derail his entire NHL career. Um, Could derail a lot. (laughs) I mean, like, not to, yeah, not even to speak about, like, his, he might die. Um, But I've seen a lot of, like, I don't know what you expect anyone to do about this. And, like, why is this surprising to you? They have forced military service over there. Lots of countries have forced military. It's like, okay, we don't have to pretend that all of the things that are sort of the same are, like, equally good or okay. Like, yeah, this is not good. Like, like the reason that they're forcing men into military service is because they're invading a sovereign nation and murdering people. Like, let's not, let's not pretend that this is just like an okay thing. Like it's Finland and you have to serve or it's Israel and you have to go into the army. Like these, that's also bad too, but we're not going to get into that. Like this, it's, it's not, it's not the same. Like we don't need to pretend that this is just like an okay thing that we're just supposed to shrug our shoulders at and be like, yeah, well, you know, like that's crazy. Yeah. It's very clear. The dictatorial culture, like right. from all the way back to the Russian doping scandal a few years ago, like it's very clear what, what goes on Putin's with their friend, ad- Yeah. Right. Putin's friend owns the team that he played for. He decided he was leaving. Putin's friend got pissed off about it. And now he's in the Arctic circle. Like those are the series of events that led here. It, it has nothing to do with like, this is his duty as a Russian. Like it has nothing yeah. to do with that shit. They're punishing him for leaving. And it's crazy because now you have to wonder like, what happens to every other Russian hockey player? They ain't going home. <laughs> and then but like, that's... I know we're going to get to the draft later, but like, no one's going to draft Why would Russian you take? Kid. No, that's. You can't like, draft one... a Russian kid now. It's one thing to be. And I know Ovechkin's catching a ton of flack, and rightfully so. Um, he should. Yeah. I just don't care to get into it that no, deep. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, this is, you know. We, I'm all, promote- know. we all know. Yeah. yeah. It's bad. Uh, Putin yeah. bad, Russia bad. Not to bad. say not to say we're good. Like, that's... No, not we're to, also bad. Just yeah, like a different like, way. Yeah, we're just a different sort of bad. It's, yeah. you know. But, like, I, why? It, it's one thing to be Ovechkin or one of the already rich russians who's got friends and like over there and you know you're pretty well connected um but these kids who aren't rich yet and like why would you if i'm a general manager i'm not doing it you i i i don't care how dumb that sounds i don't care like maybe i don't know the details of everything and some people are okay and some aren't but i'm just not fucking doing it it's just like like, this is what's going on today what goes on next week what happens next week yeah, and if you're a general manager and you're looking at your your draft board and you have a Russian kid, you know, that you want to take because you think he's going to help your hockey team, like, 
that could be a pick that you're throwing away because yeah. he can never come here. Like looking and, at the so Flyers, I don't know how you you take that chance. Yeah, looking at the Flyers, they don't have picks to throw away. That's um, that's Rasmus Dahlin no, and, and yeah, right. Shane Gostisbehere. They already did that. Thankfully, there. I don't think there's a Russian dude that we would have to make a choice about. At no, five. we're getting so we're, a good old, good. good old American boy, Cutter Gautier at five. Mm. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm really in. I know. The fact that everyone's out is why I'm more like everyone's like, oh, I want I this guy or that here's guy. Here's the thing. I don't even know that I'm out. It's just that, and even though I know, like, in addition to being <laughs> large, he's good. I just know that if the Flyers pick him, they're picking him because he's big, and that is annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, it's fine with me. Uh, a lot like if I'm getting a chance on the radio because I'm a Ava Graham's husband, that's fine with me because I worked real hard and I'm good. You know, if I'm getting <laughs> that's an excellent analogy. <laughs> like, the if it's the wrong reason, if it's the right thing for the wrong reason, it's still the fucking right thing. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Because I can't argue with that. Bit. You belong on the but, radio. But like he might, they might. You know, maybe the defensemen are better. I don't know. I'm don't not know a. Either. This isn't my thing. But we'll get into some draft stuff a little later. Uh, obviously, listen, the the Fedotov thing is fucking. It's fucking Horrible. ridiculous. You yeah. don't even really like what. It's hard to even say anything about it because it's the weirdest situation. I can't even fathom. And um, it's hard to even like. Uh, like I don't. It fucking sucks for the Flyers. But like I don't even want to talk about it. Second for the Flyers, that feels yeah. gross. Because this poor kid is going to have to go fight in some shitty war, and he could die. Yeah, like, there's there's so many things that are, like, oh, a minor... Oh, like right? Yeah. It's like, not really a kid. Whatever. Like, a minor... To us, he is, though. Uh, that's true. <laughs> like, things, things about this story are a minor inconvenience, and in, not even, like, an inconvenience in my life, just something, some outside thing that annoys me. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, yeah, this is a human... Who uh, thought he was going to go play in the NHL, and instead he's serving in the fucking Russian army? I can't yeah. imagine two two diametrically opposed outcomes when he left the house that day. Seriously, God, fucking insane! And then, oh, this, all of it's terrible. I don't, don't want to talk yeah. about it. It's, it's bad. Yeah, let's talk about Alex DeBrincat, which let's is let's talk about that guy polarizing in a different way. I got a lot to say. Recent, recent, recent global politics. Um, <laughs> I gotta tell you, like. Last week we we talked about this team and how while they are selling the aggressive rebuild and it's already maybe been floated that it's more of a two-year thing than a one-year thing. Uh, And and we talked last week maybe they're hedging their bets a little bit more than they're letting on. The, The desire to not move this pick, the refusal to move the number five pick, is it a little bit... Whether or not the Brinkett's worth it, that's a different conversation. Their refusal to move the pick makes me think maybe they're a little smarter than we give them credit for? Maybe. I also I also think that, like, there's been so much, like, conversation about DeBrinket, and it's it's been, at least on social media, presented as, if you're in favor of a retool, then you should be in favor of them making this trade. And if you're in favor of them rebuilding, then that's the only reason why you should be against this trade. But I don't really think that that's fair because the problem with Debrinket is that, yes, he's very, very good. He's also playing online with Patrick Kane. Yeah. So let's just subtract 10 goals off the jump because he's not going to be playing with Patrick Kane anymore. And that's like, regardless of what you think of Patrick Kane. He's real good. He's not McDavid or Crosby. 
But he's that next tier. He can set up a goal or two. Yeah. In a game. He's as close to generationally awesome, especially as a playmaker, as it gets. Yeah. So, so even without Patrick Kane, Alex Dabrinkit is a very good hockey player. Would I like him to be on the Flyers? Absolutely. Sure. However, the asking price for a guy that's locked up for two years, his qualifying offer, if I remember correctly, is $10 million. And then he can be UFA. Like the, it, I think if he was like locked up for four years, I think Chuck would have already traded the fifth overall pick for him. We're, we're up against the cap right now. That's the problem. God knows what's like, if Ryan Ellis becomes Chris Pronger, which is like on the table. Yeah. That's not like, that's very much an outcome that's possible. Like what happens when someone offers sheets him next summer? It's just the problem is that, like, you're almost guaranteed to lose him just because of what the Flyers' cap situation is. I don't think that they're going to be able to fix it so much that in a year they can afford to pay a winger $10 million. Like, I don't see how that happens, which means you're trading the fifth overall, a roster player, and a good prospect for a guy that you're very, very likely going to have for two years. And all of us know, even Chuck, even Dave, the window ain't two years. Yeah. So and that's that's the so, thing. Yeah, it, it, there are. It's actually good to know that while they are pursuing this aggressive retool thing, they're being at least a little bit smart about it. Because if they were being full stupid about it, they would have just been like, "Well, fuck it, we don't need the pick. Give us the kid that scores forty goals. Like that's what we need." Which, like, sure they do, but but that can't be the only consideration. When you're trying to, like, completely fix a broken hockey team. And when, like, like you said, he's a 40-goal scorer with Patrick Kane. When his production goes, when his production goes from, uh, you know, Simone Gagne with Forsberg to Wayne Simmons, because he's not a first-line, like, you don't know. Maybe he is this awesome. Like, he very well could just be a 40-goal scorer. Uh, and maybe it says more about what we think we have in Sean Couturier and some of our in-house guys than, and that's all part of it. Like, and, if, and it's also good that they know that they don't have Patrick Kane. If, yeah. If we had five years ago, Claude Giroux would be like, fuck yes, do right. this right. Fuck, do it now. Five. Right. And what else? What can I give you? <laughs> like reach and it also, into my pockets, see right. what I could give them. And like, if this were last year and they were going to, like, if they did the wrist align deal. For Debrinket, like that makes more sense to me. This like, is the thirteenth pick at five. You're gonna get a guy that's going to be if you don't fuck it up. That's going to be good, and they need good. Like that's they really need it. And I know the pe- the argument's gonna be, well, the best that you could hope for is Alex Debrinket. And like, yeah, okay, cool. I want to gonna- live through that because I want to live through something. Like yeah, it, this next but- couple of years are not gonna be what we want them to be. If you want to rebuild, it's not going to be that. If you want a team that can compete for a cup, it's not going to be that. Like, at least we'll have something to look forward to. And even if... It's just like you... We'll be in a worse position in two years if they make this trade than we are in now. And it's hard to imagine being in a worse position than the we are The one in now. thing... Like, I was trying to come up with arguments for both sides. Ultimately, I just want them to keep the fifth pick, make the fifth pick. And we go yeah. from there. Whatever then they do with free agents, that's their own problem. That's just money. It's not future things, too. Right. Like, 
Like, if they wanted, like, Provorov, Konechny, and Frost, they can have... Like, if it was just some mismatch of a whole bunch of prospects and, like, youngish players, sure, mm-hmm. take them all. You can have as many as you want. But it's not that. It's this fifth pick, and we know... Even if maybe they're hedging their bets a little, they're not going to have a top five pick for a few years. They'll probably be back in there in a f- like five years from now. But like this is it. This is their opportunity to get a top five guy. I mean, honestly, the thing that's going to be wild about next season is that I think that you could plausibly expect any like result ranging from lottery pick to like second wild card. Like, I feel like anywhere in there is, a, like, a, a reasonable expectation and for the Flyers next year. Like, that's my thing. Like, with the Eastern Conference this year, it was the eight playoff teams all at 100. And literally every, like, the mediocre yeah. teams also, they weren't just mediocre. They sucked. Yeah. Like, it was just good and bad. And if the Flyers suddenly, like, get into the middle of that range, they're still not in the playoffs because they're not 100 point, like... <laughs> What? How many teams do they have to? How many games in a row do they have to win at some point? Like five or six? No, who's the backup goalie? You know how are they going to do that? It just doesn't seem like a plausible outcome. Uh, It's. I will say, like looking at the direction, looking at what I think they're going to be in a few years, looking at potentially if they do make the trade for DeBrinket, you have to sign him right away. Like it has to be an immediate extension it's the only way that that you can justify giving up what chicago is asking for. and if he really is worth it that means in a few years like say three years from now when we think this whole thing's going to collapse you do have a 27 28 year old star player whose trade could actually facilitate a rebuild rather than having 34 year old drew and like breaking down vets who no one wants their contracts like they currently have. That's a fair like, point. So that's the one thing that I'm like, since I think these next three years are going to be kicking the can down the road until they realize this ain't fucking working either. If they have an asset, the quality of Debrinket, like that could be the Forsberg trade. Like that could be the thing. That could be yeah. the thing that actually helps them. Cause it's not going to just be, all right. And then they suck and they get a few picks and those picks turn out. They're gonna need. No. They're gonna need other teams' assets because we know this team's real bad at that. <laughs> We're gonna need their picks. We're gonna need their prospects. All that stuff. Debrinket's a good way to get it in three years. I mean, uh, listen. If it ends up uh, yeah, that I'm I, watching you know, Alex Debrinket on the Flyers, next I'm not, year, gonna, I'm not gonna, gonna be, be mad. upset about yeah, it. Yeah, like again, we have to watch these games. But I can. I would assume that if that happens in two years we're gonna be on this podcast going i can't fucking believe what we they won't. did we're losing him for nothing that's some nightmare. some yeah that that's that's the thing that worries me is just because he's going to cost so much to keep and we don't have any money as it stands and we also need more players than alex to bring it yeah and they, they need so much more uh, so many more players like just t- thinking about if they don't give him a contract right away like, when he's a restricted, and you know how I've talked all along about how I think Seattle was playing a long game, and they just mm-hmm. want all the cap space in the world. Every, like, they're going to make their own mistakes. They don't want anyone else's. Um, what's stopping Seattle from offer-sheeting him a year from now if you don't sign him right away? Just uh, 
Just yeah. the idea of a team that's going to have the cap space, you know? Like, what would stop them from doing that? It would be a thing that entered, like, oh, look, Seattle's doing, like, it would be something. If I ran Seattle, I would be targeting it. If he doesn't sign the day, that means he wants, he's waiting, you know? Yeah. And why not give him 11? Because who else are we paying? Because you can, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just, again, like you just said, if we if we have to watch Alex DeBrinkett next year, there are worse fates. Um, but, like, it just doesn't seem like an idea that fits what this team is right now. No. And but I- it's not, again, we have to operate under what they think this team is. And it's also just that, like, I, I just also don't know how much it facilitates the retool. Because if that's the only move that you can make. Yeah. Like, that doesn't, like, you're just replacing Claude Giroux's production. Yeah, like, even, say, so, say he's awesome Giroux. He's Giroux with the height, like, goal scorer more than a setup. I'm just, like, production-wise. Yeah, could be. Like, it's the difference between a 92 and a 96 overall player. Like, what right. really is the difference? Even if he's, even if he's, quote-unquote, better, what's the difference in terms of wins and losses? I, that kind of... I don't know. Sorry, just to go off board. No, I, I was trailing. I don't know if you heard um, this on one of the recent 32 Thoughts pods. Uh, Friedman said that he had heard that the Flyers may be considering, rather than going for one player, like a, a Gaudreau or a Debrinket or a Forsberg, they're going to try to get three or four players. Which, you know, in a vacuum... it's. Yes, it's not a we, bad I would idea. like, I would like, like three or four players. But the only thing is, right. it's going to be three or four middle sixers, then. Yeah. like Because you can't get three or four Johnny Gaudreau's. Yeah. You can only get one of those. Yeah. And uh, they have so many second-line players. Like, we need nothing less than a middle six hockey player. Like, as much as it would... If you're in the position to go get Nachushkin, do it but like that's for a cup contending team to fill out their depth not a team that badly needs top end talent like if this team was to go full sell people would love a scott law like they have plenty of dudes Mm -hmm. who a a team going for it would want to add to their depth like a claude Giroux. yeah like (laughs) fuck nicholas albe cubell who just dented the cup uh, like a that boss. thing is not going to survive. <laughs> I love it. It's, it's awesome. It's so cool. Uh, but regardless, um, like we have enough of those guys. You know, we talked last week about Joel Farabee. Mm-hmm. I- I'm holding out hope that all of the weird stuff uh, internally and externally has stunted his development a little, and he yeah. can ultimately be the, you know, a plus version of Simone Gagne. I thought maybe he was a few years ago but in all likelihood not that's not is that's not what's gonna happen uh like he's gonna be a goal scoring travis connecting you know he's gonna yeah. be the best version of whatever second liner you want to talk about yeah and very awesome. good second liner. Need him. love need those. him gonna really need that but that's okay so we have that what else we still, like, we still need the top three like who the, the, fuck the top right ones now, who right now are, are Sean Couturier's wingers? Konechny and Atkinson? 
Oh, good. Do they play on the same side? I can't remember. They've moved. I think they're both right wing. Yeah, they're both right wingers, but they've moved connecting around. But like, that doesn't say either one of them are the first line right wing. You excited about that? Not really. You trying to go buy tickets to go watch that? No, not so much. <laughs> yeah, like I, they don't have it. If she, let's just pretend Sean Couturier is a hundred percent, everything's cool. He's silky Sean Couturier again. Okay. They don't have a first line still. And also, like, <laughs> like, I don't think of Sean Couturier as, and maybe this is a a me problem. I don't really think of him as, like, a guy that sets up a ton of goals for, like, a very spicy winger. Like, no. he's he's the 200-foot guy. He's, like, you know. What he does is get you on offense, and guys right. who are awesome on offense can then take over. Yeah. But like, but you know, passing to, bring it to back set up to, the one timer. Yeah, it's yeah, that's not the him. thing. Like to to take it back to Patrick Kane. Like he's not the guy that's going to be dishing the puck to Alex DeBrinket to put forty one goals in the net. Like he's just not that guy. He's a different kind of hockey player. He's a very good hockey player. He's just a different kind of hockey player, which is why it was good that we had Drew because he could do that. Yeah, and uh, and they yeah, helped each could. other tremendously. Right, and like that's the all right. You want DeBrinket, so who's the third guy on that line? Like they still need that guy too. They need two first line forwards. Yeah. Like, <laughs> regardless what of what. Of, what do you think of uh, pool pool party? Pool, pool, <laughs> pool party. Yeah. Pool ERV. Um, pool ERV. Uh, it's probably a risk worth taking, depend on the amount. It I seems think it is. It seems a little maybe like just another guy who uh, a real good team should go after. But honestly, that's every, like if you're not going to be a good team, you shouldn't sign free agents. So, so like, my, that's yeah. just the, my head thing. Like, yeah, I, I think pool ERV is, they need to hit on something. Like they need to find one of those diamond in the rough players. That's he could very thing. well, like he could be the, the, the low risk, high reward guy, like could be worth it. I keep seeing uh prominent nerds on the internet. Keep telling like, me how good he is. Yeah. Yeah, they keep posting many, many charts and graphs that seem to suggest that he has a very Valerian Nishushkin vibe in that he's just not doing well yeah. in Edmonton. The production like, will come. Right, exactly. Like, the box stats aren't there, but all the underlying stuff is there, and you're buying low because Edmonton thinks he stinks, and they don't want him anymore. <laughs> so, like, that's, like, that, like, see, that's the thing. Like, we need Chuck... To be doing this kind of stuff. Like, if the rebuild is going to work, or not the rebuild, the retool. Yeah. He's got to be, like, doing these, like, sneaky analytics, like, finding shit that people don't realize is there. Like, it can't just be trading for Johnny Gaudreau. We all know he's good. Everybody knows he's good. Everybody's going to try to get him. Who can you find that no (laughs) one else is targeting it's that like, can fix the flyers because you can see something like that's the problem. I don't know if Chuck can see things other people can't see. It's, we talk all the time. Like Charlie will say, I just don't think Chuck is that creative. No. And it's like, you know, Alex DeBrinkett's an awesome player and everything, but trading for the guy who you already know is going to get 10 million bucks and has scored 40 goals. Cool. But like, find me the next one. Right. <laughs> that's the thing. And like, there are people and I know that, you know, a lot of fans hate the nerds and they can be very annoying. And I don't understand them half the time. But there are I'm not people, looking at them charts. They're no, fucking stupid. There are people who are able to look at a player's past 
production and statistics and usage and all of that shit and reasonably suggest, hey, this player might be better than people think he is because of X. And I think that those people are employed by the Flyers, at least a couple of them. I, it's just hard to know if they're listening to them. I don't know if they are. It's the whole thing. I know they weren't before. <laughs> it's another, like... I, again, we're not going to be upset if they have Alex Debrinkit. I want to mm-hmm. watch a really good player. It's just another one of those... It's another right thing for the wrong reason. Like... It's you're just getting very short-sighted. It's so short-sighted. And you've already admitted yeah. that next year, like, you know next year is like a stepping stone to better. So, like, a guy you're going to have for two years, like, that's not the right amount of time. Like, maybe four. Okay. Maybe then we can talk about it. But, like, dude's probably going to want to get paid, and I don't know if we can pay him. Yeah. So, like, then like, what? You're, he's already scored 41 goals in this league twice. There's no bridge oh, deal. <laughs> There's I no bridge deal coming. <laughs> it would be hilarious if we did get him and he was like, no, nah, I don't want to sign yet. And then all of his production just fucking tanked because the Flyers are so terrible. And now he's getting paid like six. Like, no, I'm not, wait, sorry, buddy. It's You're the, not getting that contract it's, anymore. It's the Carter Hart down year yeah. theory. Like, actually, 2020-21 was awesome for the Flyers <laughs> because they don't have to pay Hart what he's worth now. Maybe that's what Chuck is bargaining. Yeah, on just tank everyone's production for a couple of years so we get, get bargain deals. That's right. All right. Uh, what are we looking at here, Kelly? Oh, wow. We've almost done a half an hour already. Hmm, take a break. Uh, yeah, let's take a break here. We'll do some draft stuff, and then we'll get out. All right. Uh, stay tuned for this advertisement for a product and or service that we definitely endorse. And then on the other side, uh, we'll talk about the draft. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Welcome back, fam. Uh, last week, Kelly and I both solicited uh, some questions, some comments from uh, listeners, from people on Twitter. We want to get to some of them. I want to start with Kelly's because she said she learned quite a bit from our listeners about some of the uh, draft prospects, potential players who would be taken fifth overall. And with the draft just a couple of days away, I wanted to get into some of that. So the floor is yours, Henkel. I didn't know what you want to do here, but I figure I'll just lay out for you. Yeah, why not? Um, yeah, so it was it was very interesting. I, I just essentially asked, like, hey, if you're a person that actually does draft prep, because I don't, because I'm lazy. Um, How much time do you think I got? Yeah, right? Come on. Like, let me know who you want the Flyers to take at five and why you want them to take that person. So overwhelming response-wise were the two defensemen, Nemich and Yurichuk. Um I was not, I think I talked about this a little bit last week. I was not particularly excited about taking a defenseman because that's less fun in my mind than taking, you know, a a really fun goal scorer. Um, But there was a lot of information about Simon Nemich that I I got that his production 
is apparently like off the charts as far as European defensemen go, like outscored headmen and headmen's draft plus one or draft minus one year. Um, that kind of stuff kind of makes you think, hmm, that's that's interesting. I would like one Victor Hedman, please. So sure, that kind yeah. of yeah, that bumped Nemec up for me. But then also, um, a guy that I don't think that they're going to take, but that I wish that they would, um, Matthew Savoy. And the reason I don't think they'll take him is because he's small. And also, I believe his production fell off a little bit this past year. I saw some stuff that was, like, concerned about his production. Like, today I read, like, maybe he's not one of the five, you know? Right. Like, apparently his production fell off. um, And I think that, combined with the size, has made his, like, stock plummet a little bit. The thing that I like about him is I feel like he's one of those... Like, Charlie always talks about him wanting Chuck to take a swing. Like, take a big swing on a guy. Maybe he hits, maybe he doesn't. But if he hits, it'll be, like, real good. And I kind of feel like Savoy is that guy where, like, the floor is lower than some other floors. But the ceiling, like, the potential ceiling is, like, way higher than other ceilings. And that would be kind of fun. But then, you know, you also have to... You know, he gets back to the development, and I don't know what's happening there. Because, um, you know, if you get a guy that has a potentially high ceiling, like, you need an organizational system that will help him reach that high ceiling. Yeah. Like, that seems to be what Tampa Bay does. I don't know why we can't just, like, copy precisely what they're doing, but whatever. Um, so that that's kind of what I would like to see. So at this point for me, I know you're high on Cutter. Um, I'm assuming it's because he has a cool name. Um, I kind of want them to take Nemec. I just, I'll be cool with, uh, any of the three are fine with me. Yeah. Um, I just Yerichek like. feels like the safer of the two defensemen. Yeah. Which I don't like. No more safety. <laughs> it's <laughs> like Torts, it's, it's like safe, it's like Torts says, safe as death. Um, <laughs> you know, that's him. I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with your line of thinking, like, defenseman, eh. But also, yeah. also, how do the Stars and Avalanche feel about getting defensemen at the top in 2017? I Fair. bet pretty good. Pretty uh, good. <laughs> like, Kale McCarr might be the first defenseman not, not named Chris Pronger or Bobby Orr to win an MVP next year. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so it's, I'm not saying he's, he's, he's high-skinning or uh, there's a Kale McCarr in this draft. We'd probably know if there was. But if we yeah. knew Kale McCarr was Kale McCarr in 2017, he would have gone before fucking Patrick and Nico. So, uh, you know, I said last week, that's why I'm kind of excited about the fifth pick. I like Cutter, one. I do like the size. Like, I'm not going to say it's, I'm not going to downgrade him for being a big guy. No, especially, big is good. Yeah, like, especially <laughs> good. when, especially when they make a point to say he's, he's fast and athletic. Like, he can make plays uh, while moving his feet. He's not just, he's not just a power forward. Like, we don't have to worry about getting a guy who's going to be Mike Knubel. Like, that's not who he is. Um, uh, And yeah, he's got a cool name. But (laughs) (laughs) the Boston College thing, honestly, it it works for me. Uh, I think it's a big part of this offseason. I think it was a big part of the plan last offseason to target these guys. Yeah, it's... Not sure it worked, Bill. Oh, (laughs) we, we don't know until Johnny signs here somewhere else if it worked or not. 
Fair. It's all Fair. it's all in service of this one thing, bringing Johnny Goutreau home. If they can make <laughs> that happen, uh, then the sky's the limit with this Boston College thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I- I'm I'm good. I, I kind of just want them to make the pick. Yes. And have, but we do have some questions about potentially moving around in the draft. And I want to get to some of the mailbag questions from last week that we didn't get to. Yeah, let's do those. So, all right. The first one is from our, our good friend from the, uh, from the post games, Harris Barnes. Harris Barnes. He says, because there's not a ton of separation between a lot of the first round players, if Nemich isn't there, do you trade down from five? to say 9 and 16 from buffalo to give yourself more darts to hit on. So 9 and 16 for 5, would you make that deal? We talked last week about how maybe there's not a ton of separation outside like there's the top 2 and overall the top 5 or 6, but is there less separation than like if I- 9 and 5 are basically the same? Are they, though? Like, that's the thing. I feel like what it feels like just reading draft articles, it seems like there's six. Then yeah. there's a gap. And there's everyone after that seems to be mushed together. So I would kind of just like to see them take one of those six. Mostly because, like, if we are looking at the last decade of drafting, I don't have a ton of confidence that more darts equals better than for this True. organization. Yeah. Like, granted, Chuck hasn't made a ton of picks, and the ones that he's made haven't been bad so far. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like the team needs high-end talent, and you're not going to get high-end talent at 9 and 16 in this draft. You have a chance of getting it at 5. That's so, the, might as well. Like, if there is that, like, line of delineation between 6 and, you know, the next five eight picks whatever okay none of them are franchise players let's say unless you know you could always get lucky but none of them are that guy i want the one with the most possible upside and like yeah it would be cool to have nine and 16 but like to me that's more of a football move and like football one the whole first round is good and the first three rounds are real good and like that's not the case in hockey and also it's so position specific like if you like an offensive lineman and the three teams that are drafting after you are all going to take receivers, well, fuck yeah, trade down, because yeah. the lineman you like is going to be there. It's much more best player available in hockey. Like, it does not matter. Like, a goalie's not going to go, probably, but basically position does not matter. No. Especially, like, and also, very few, like, you're not drafting for today's needs. You know, right. you're drafting for what could be your three years from now. He could be that guy's rookie season. So, and then, like, if the Flyers already had, you know, a top five pick caliber prospect in the system, you know, waiting to come up in a year or two, then maybe I could see being like, all right, we got, you know, Mark Donk hanging out here in the AHL waiting to come up. Where's Mark Donk? <laughs> um, so yeah, let's just trade down to nine and sixteen and see if we can't get a couple more guys that might be good. Like okay, like maybe that would make sense. But 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 again, the Flyers need something, and the only chance they have to get it is picking one of these top six guys. Will that happen? Remains to be seen. But like you said, like the best chance that we have to get a high end talent is to pick at five. So they just need to do it. Um, from Dan Knightley. 
he wants to go the other way. I think the Flyers should grab another top 10 pick. Konechny and Ottawa seem like good partners. They really got to get creative. They do absolutely got to get creative. Do you think Konechny or Provorov or anyone on this roster is worth a top 10 pick? Like, you could just do it straight up. No. Do you think any team would just... Like, would Ottawa give you... I think there's seven. Yeah, I think Uh, there's seven. Yeah, seven. Like... Would they just give you seven for Travis Konechny? I mean... No, not one for one. No way. <sighs> He's good. He is very... He is good, but I don't know that... He, just I, Listen, just like fans, I really think that NHL general managers like the idea of, like, do you want the boat or do you want what's in the box? Well, what could, could be, be in the box? It could be a boat. <laughs> I really think that they're they're like that a little bit with prospects the same way that fans are, and I don't think that a team I don't think Travis Konechny is enough of a game changer that you would be like eh fuck it we don't need to pick and see what happens we'll just take Travis Konechny I mean if they desperately needed a winger maybe but I don't know if anybody desperately needs a Travis Konechny level winger in order to complete their hockey team at this stage of the game and like I keep seeing stuff about how Ottawa's gonna try to be players this offseason are they somehow magically closer? I know they've they've had some good drafts and stuff. I know they have some guys, but like, uh, uh, why I, why are they supposed to be good? Like good enough to I, want to trade for Travis Konechny? So I have been told by people smarter than me that Ottawa. I don't know that they're going to be good next season, but their prospect pool, yeah, is such that they will if they are able to keep their shit together, like in the next couple of years could theoretically be a good hockey team. And so maybe if they are like, yeah, in two years, we're going to be a pretty good hockey team. We should maybe, you know, get some veteran NHL talent to fill out our roster. Like, all right, maybe Travis Konechny, but like also like Travis Konechny isn't like, you know, the guy you bring in to mentor your rookie <laughs> hockey players like he's a, a little jackass like i yeah, you know he's, he's good but good, he's not good playmaking right. winger like he's not it. jason smith like you're not bringing him <laughs> in to like instill wisdom in the children like so i, I don't him know and Kachuk but, together could be interesting <laughs> you know you know I, you know what i was thinking like if we want to talk about spiciness in the top 10 like the devils have explicitly said we will trade the number two pick for some shit that'll help us right now I wonder I wonder if the Flyers and the Devils could ever in history do a trade of roster players for the second overall pick that no. would not cause both fan bases to implode. I don't think nah. it could happen. Nah. Yeah. Have they never made a trade? Isn't wasn't that oh. a thing? The Flyers I, and Devils had never made a trade or something? I would be surprised if they had. I can't think of any, but I'm also not thinking that hard. Somebody um, can add us later with the yeah. information. I, Harris. I remember that thing being like that being a talking point a few years ago, like teams had never made a trade or something. Maybe I'm way off. Mm. Uh, I have a couple more. Jacob Ginsburg. So even if the Flyers magically get, say, Johnny and uh, and Nazem Kadri, yeah. and are able to ship out enough guys for cap space to make it work, would they make the playoffs? Mm. They have to. I th- if you add, it depends those, on what, if you think they don't. They should trade Carter Hart right now because he's not very good. I was just gonna say, like, if you add those two players, 
and you assume that Carter Hart has like an average or slightly above average season in goal, then I think they definitely make the playoffs. I'm not saying they do anything in the playoffs. They probably no. lose in the first round. Probably. Um, it's They might be in that first or probably second wild card. I was going to say it would be but a wild card. I have sure. to believe. I mean, you're talking about like 20 million bucks right there. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, I, I, was, uh, I was looking at her listening. I forget what I was doing today with my brain. But like Toronto has like $40 million tied up in four players. Like how, how do they have a whole hockey team? I don't understand how other lot, GMs lot are of, good. A lot of guys, <laughs> a lot of guys had those fucking pajamas. They sure did. <laughs> um, from the Heavy Edit podcast, the tour tire is reminiscent of those ninety teams when they bring in past their prime stars. Neat, but sigh. Do you kind of feel that way? I have been. Uh, regrettably coming around <laughs> right. on the John Tortorella uh, hire. Um, a person who shall remain nameless for contractual re- reasons in our Broad Street Hockey Slack chat um, recently did a video breakdown of Torts' system, which has remarkably not really changed that much over the years. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, but one of the things that seemed to be a common thread is that Yes, he is very regimented. Yes, he expects expects players to do very specific things at very specific times. But it would appear that if you do those things, you're allowed to then go and get spicy. So, like, if you cover the man you're supposed to cover and the puck jump you know, breaks loose you're allowed to go do some crazy shit in the offensive zone because you did the thing that he wanted you to do before and that i can kind of get behind and then you have shaw this new guy coming in to coach the penalty kill and there are a few things you can read about the blue jackets penalty kill over the last few years that are like very exciting like a whole lot of like Mike Richards poke checks at the line. And I am fucking pumped about that kind of thing. All I have wanted for the last like five years is an aggressive penalty kill. And we might finally get that. And the Flyers will probably take a lot of penalties because they have a lot of dumb players. So if the penalty kill is good and like maybe a legit scoring threat from time to time, that could be pretty fun. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm coming around though. No, I'm... Again, Kelly, we're we're hostages. You know, we have to find we have to find the bright side. And you and I have been saying for I mean, like six months that it was going to be John Tortorella. Um, also, not, like, not to take a victory lap or anything, but we were. No, we're very uh, smart. <laughs> we weren't excited of, about it. We just knew. No, but I mean, like, also, like, both of us, I think, in our souls, are old time hockey people. Yeah. Like, even though we fight against it a little bit because of our brains in the back of my mind like i am you know what i hated if we were playing 2004 <laughs> hockey again i probably wouldn't but you know i want to be the broad street bullies i just know that's not like the you route you should take it's not, like, we're not gonna I win a lot to. of hockey games yeah. that's the problem yeah i wish like, i wish there were nine fights a game and they, <laughs> like, <laughs> i want i want bobby clark fucking slashing people breaking their legs to win gold medals like you know maybe yeah if he didn't do that, some other things would go differently this year, but <laughs> I don't want to get into all that. Um, 
from uh from our buddy Adam Bortz. Uh what is our bar for happiness this year? Mm, oh my god. Yeah. He, I like, mean... he asks more goals, just not fourth from the bottom, getting into the playoffs, playoffs uh, players not dying the whole year. Um is it attainable? Like can we can we establish a bar for happiness? No. And is it actually attainable? No. No that's, one That's goes. a real that's a diff, that's a deep question, bro. Yeah, it's very <laughs> existential. I I don't think it's it's possible to say because like for me, I could say I just want to have fun watching the Flyers. Okay. But like in reality, if the Flyers are fun and still the third worst team in the Eastern Conference, am I going to be happy with that? No. If the and Flyers like, are scoring a lot of goals, but it's a fucking tedious hockey game to watch. <laughs> Although, scoring a lot of goals and tedious hockey game don't really go together. But, I don't know, so maybe more goals. Maybe more goals would be better. And that, like, alright, if know. they lose, but they lose 6-5, okay. But then also, knowing that this team really only matters, like, five years from now, um, that means they don't have a goalie. Like yeah, right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's very like yeah. I'll enjoy like scoring five goals a game and everything. Uh, what? but Carter Hart ain't it then. And like I don't. Yeah. I'm not. I'm just saying in this scenario, you know, I have no. no I have no prediction about what kind of year Carter Hart's gonna have this year. Uh, who the fuck knows if there's gonna be a hockey season or an Earth a couple months from now? Not me. Like, you know. Um, this is from Bill in Sea Isle. Uh, that's me. Is that you? I'm yeah. Saying, is that you? No, I just, uh, it's something that's been getting kicked around a lot. <laughs> um, trading Oscar Lindblom, huh? That'll hurt. Maybe I am a monster. <laughs> because I'm absolutely dead inside. But, like, there's not a single player on this team at no. this point. Like, no. if we got a good rich, if we traded Oscar Lindblom for, like, some bullshit, I would be upset. If we traded Oscar Lindblom and the return was going to be like, ah, oh, that's a shame. I hope he does well over there in, I don't know, Edmonton or whatever. Like, okay, cool. I mean, you trade Oscar Lindblom in order to open up the cap space to get Johnny or a really, really good player. And that's And listen, here's awesome. the Awesome. Oh, I'm going to, I can only say this because Steph isn't here and also people are going to hate me for it. But the fact of the matter is, he has not lived up to the contract that we gave him. Nah, $3 has been a lot. I am super glad they gave him a lot of money. Cool. Yeah, not my money. Fucking great. I Team wish would they would suck give... with or exactly. with him. Uh, he's making three mil. he's making nine hundred k. Team's still gonna suck. Exactly. <laughs> is he a victim of the team being shitty? Probably a little yeah, bit. But sure. like... And, you know, his at own the end of the day, we're, system. Right. We're trying to win hockey games. Yeah. And, like, you know, he's, he's been fully cancer-free for two years. It's fucking amazing. He's come back to hockey. He's a professional hockey player. These are all great things. But, like, he's not, at this point, actively helping the Flyers win hockey games. And so that means that if a trade were presented for him that improved the team, all right. Like, I'm not actively trying to get rid of Oscar Lindblom the way I am Ivan Provorov, but... If they traded him, I mean, you know, yeah, you know. Yeah. I need the hockey team to be better. I do. It would be a bummer. It's just like, yeah, everything you said is right there. I, yeah, it's like Wayne. Like, I, I didn't want Wayne Simmons. Like, I didn't want Wayne Simmons to get traded. Yeah. But, like, no, he had to get traded. These guys are victims of the organization. 
Claude you know? Drew didn't want him to get treated, yeah, that, but he had to get the, treated. Like, yeah. I, I say I say Oscar Limblom would hurt, and it's like I've seen Mike Richards, Eric Lindros, and Claude Giroux all traded. Right. <laughs> Dead inside, Bill. This is why it no longer hurts me. <laughs> they traded for Chris Pronger, and he was dead a couple of days later. Like not you know, he played one full season and they went to the cup final and then um yeah. that was it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it, like bad things happen in Philadelphia is basically the point of this conversation. I just man, like I like Oscar and I want him to be on the team when they're good again, but he's gonna be like thirty when that's the case. Right. I I wish him nothing but the bad. Get him in free agency five years from now. Right. Like if he were going to get traded, I would root for him to do really, really well with his new team. But the hockey team needs to be better. And if he's got to go to make the team better, then all right. All right. Um, do we have anything else? I don't know, do we? I don't. I don't. Okay, great. <laughs> I think we've done um, it then. All right, yeah. So our draft party. Draft is, party! Our draft party is Thursday, fam. It is this Thursday, July 7th. Starts at 6. It is at Philly Live, the casino down at the uh, sports complex. Uh, it's at the sports, sports and social bar. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Place is going to be awesome. Uh, I think there's a Phillies game that night. It's going to be a great time. The draft is on. We will be there. And by we, I mean me, Kelly, and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've lost Stephanie. R.I.P. No, Steph is still alive. Yeah, Steph she just lives. can't make the party yeah, anymore, which is a real fucking bummer. Yeah, it is. It does suck. I haven't seen Steph since she moved. Yeah. Uh, so I was hoping to see her at the party. She's unable to make it. But we will still be there. And as of right now, the Flyers are picking fifth. Uh, it drunk. won't be It won't be like last year, where an hour yes. before the fucking draft, they give the pick away for a shitty player. Uh <laughs> Yeah, at, least, gonna, at least trade it at the draft. At trade least like Gary yeah. walk to the podium. We have a trade to announce. Like, let's do it that way. Like, like a at, little theater, please. Yeah, like if they trade it then, like when yeah. they're on the clock, okay. and they do it for Debrinket, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> cool. do it that way, Chuck. Yeah. Get a that's, little spice in here. That's absolutely fine. It's when you announce it like 90 minutes before, like I'm not even off work yet and yeah. the pick's been traded and I got to get down to a draft party that no one's coming to because the pick is fucking traded. It's like a, it's a very like fucking Chuck Fletcher, the energy vampire way to trade yes. your first round pick. Like just do just, it in a fun way, just, please. Just do it. Just do it. Once you're on the clock, yes. do, do it after 6 p.m. Can you do can you do me a favor and do it after 6 p.m.? Let people get in their cars. Yes. Yeah. Too far to so, turn around now. I guess we're going to the party. Yep. The party, <laughs> again, Philly Live down at the sports complex, the new casino down there, sports and social. Event starts at 6 o'clock. There's going to be giveaways with uh, Flyers Charities. There's all sorts of shit going on. More details of it are in the last podcast because Steph was on it, and I don't know any of this stuff. I just I just show up when they tell me to show up. <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Do you have yeah, anything else, Kelly? All right. That is all the time we have for you on BSH Radio this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and come to our party, damn it. Uh, my name is Bill Matz. For Kelly Hinkle, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? Yeah!
It's 2023 and you're still looking for a baseball podcast? What's up, party people? Danny Vietti here from the Wake and Rake podcast. Yes, I know the name of our show, Freaking Rocks. Join World Series champion Will Middlebrooks and I as we banter about the best of the best from Major League Baseball, including power rankings. One of the best players of all time. Headlines. Solidifies a dynasty. And special guests. Reese Hoskins. Throw show. Jose Trevino. Listen and or watch every episode of the Wake and Rake podcast, available on all your favorite listening platforms and the all-new Believe Sports channel.